Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. He got it home, and the Bruins have the lead 2-1. to one. Gives it across to Dublin. Hit shot. Tipped in front. Off someone. 3-2. Spooner able to play it along. Krejci able to lob it back in. Bounced around behind. And it is taken by Posternock out in front. He scores! Posternock. A virtually empty net as he backhands it in, and the game is tied again. It is trickled around the front. Score! What a play by Evgeny Malkin to get this into an area for Brian Russ on the backhand. Short side, top shelf on Tuka Rask. Russ had a step on Ryan Spooner. Rolling puck, didn't try to handle it at all. It gets quick elevation. Parker to Des. Oh, oh, oh. fantastic two-man basketball. Nice, nice. Leonard inside, kicks it out to a wide-open Ginobili. The extra pass. San Antonio ball. You're right on there, Mark. How unselfish is that? Best of friends. It's the thing that the world keeps running our way. And our way is on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. And welcome to another edition of the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I am your host, Jimmy Murphy. We are live from Buffalo Wild Wings here in Concord, New Hampshire, 8 Loudon Road. Oh, and by the way, thanks, Sully. I was echoing like crazy there. Uh, and Justin Sullivan, of course, back on the boards in Nashua. We are at the Buffalo Wild Wings, 8 Loudon Road in Concord, New Hampshire, right off the highway. This is where, we've, uh, where we were two weeks ago, and we're here again, and then we will be back at the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester, New Hampshire, next Thursday, and that will do it for our Thursdays on the road for the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. But we got a great show in store for you today. We are going to talk Bruins. We're going to talk Patriots. We're going to talk Celtics. We're going to talk Broncos. That's right. we got a... Uh, a writer by the name of Cameron Wolf of the Denver Post will be joining us. He covers the Broncos for the Post out there. That's two weeks in a row we've had a writer from the Denver Post. Interesting. There you go. There, yeah, there you go, Sully. Get those donkey sounds ready. The Patriots have taken on the donkeys in Denver. They've not had much luck there, but 
I'll tell you what, if the, if the Broncos or the Donkeys are ever ripe for the picking, it would be right now. They are not having the season everyone expected, and the Patriots can put them to bed with a big win on the road there uh, at Invesco at Mile High or whatever the heck they call it now. Who knows? Uh, but we will talk to Cameron Wolf later in the show. But before that, we're going to talk some Bruins, Penguins, and look ahead to the game tonight against the Ducks with Ty Anderson at WEEI.com. Uh, we'll talk to Mario Magola, give us his Thursday night football pick and a few other games, as he does every Thursday. Uh, we will also make our NFL picks, that is Sully and I. Sully retook the lead. Yes, I did. This past week, so I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, I'm coming back, though, buddy. I'm coming back. What are we, what are we at now, do you know? Uh, i got to go look it up here, but I knew I had a, I had a, pretty, All good, right. had a pretty good week last week. It wasn't, it wasn't. That much better than me, though, from what I recall. Yeah, it was. It was. So, the, uh, it was the head-to-heads. We lost. I think you were like nine teams. and seven, and I. Yeah. Yeah, you were like maybe eight and seven, and I was like six and nine or something. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll have it all set for the four hundred five slot where we make our NFL picks for this coming week, starting with the Thursday night game between the L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks poop fest. Poop the fest. poop fest. Here, I think it's in Seattle. That's right. And, uh, of course, Richard Sherman was none too happy about having to play on a Thursday night after his team got embarrassed in Green Bay uh, last Sunday. So I I, I agree with everything Sherman said, as I tweeted today, but I think a lot of that had to do with frustration from just absolutely being humiliated and picked apart by Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So we'll have all those picks for you in the 405 slot. Uh, we'll then play Bill Belichick's presser from yesterday, since we didn't have time to play it yesterday. We will play that uh, today at about 4.25. And then after that, we will bring on Bill Burt to go over it and also look ahead to Broncos Patriots. And then, as I said, Cameron Wolf of the Denver Post will join us. And then to close things out, we'll talk to Jeff Hickman, go over the Celtics' 108-101 loss. Man, Vegas is, is on the money. Spurs were minus seven, and what do you know? 108, 101. They beat the Celtics last night, uh, but the Celtics once again hanging with the elite, and then not being able to come through with the win at the end. That's where they're at right now. They're just they're sort of sniffing it there, but they just can't get through the door right now and, and get a win against one of the NBA's elite teams. So we'll talk to Jeff Hickman about that. Seems like we're talking about that a lot lately in one of the final segments here on the stretch run. But we are here at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, New Hampshire, 8 Loudon Road, right off the highway, across the street from the Concord Hockey Rink. Uh, you can come in right now and get 349 Bud Bud Light Talls and 499 Goose Island IPAs. And, of course, it is Boneless Thursday here. Uh, I believe they have price beef. 65 cent boneless wings here uh, on a Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Of course, that's across the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings universe, uh, that is. So, Sully, how are we doing back there? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I thought the yeah? uh, thought the Bruins showed, you know, I thought that, that was that when they started playing and playing with pace and, and trying to chase down Pittsburgh, I said, oh, no, this is not going to end well. But the fact that they got a point, I, I was talking with Jason earlier today when I came in today, the fact that they got a point out of that out of that game last night, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I think they they hung in there, and and I'll I'll take that for what I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be an absolute you know poop fest as we talked about yesterday. But the fact that they hung in there, 
I'll take the point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes and no. You know, one thing I didn't like, uh, like you said, they got to they gotta be who they are. They can't try to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. But they did hang in there. But I'm not so sure I would say they as a whole hung in there as much as I would say Tuka Rask hung in there. Yeah, and Tuka that's Rask been the case is always the, the season. And their other, their other hero, David Pasnack, of course, uh, takes advantage of a, ironically, a Marc-Andre Fleury-like turnover by Matt Murray. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is usually the one that struggles a lot handling the puck around the net and coughing it up and gets a lot of uh, flack down in Pittsburgh. And this time it was Matt Murray who was taking over the number one spot there. Uh, but Murray did come up with some big saves to preserve the win as well. But uh, I will tell you, or to give themselves a chance to get to overtime, I, I just, you can't understate what Tuka Rask has meant to this team, Sully. I mean, it's, it's insane. And we'll talk about that with Ty Anderson in the next segment. But, I mean, that one save where the puck got caught in the back of his pads there. Unreal. Unreal. I, that was insanity. You know, oh, and by the way, Carey Price... Uh, did you see how Tuca was like totally badgered and, and, and had sticks all over him and got snowed and oh, yeah. skates all near him and everything and he's getting banged? Oh, but he didn't turn around and have his defenseman hold down the opposing player and start beating him on the head with his blocker, did he? And, you know, I, I don't get that. Like, we went over that last week when it happened. I know you weren't here, Sully, but uh, when Carey Price did that, I think it was to uh, Kyle Palmieri of New Jersey. And I get Price's frustration. I know where he's coming from because he had his season ended that way in the playoffs in 2014. I was there when Chris Kreider slid into him. But that was clearly on purpose. Palmieri wasn't trying to do it on purpose. And you know what? You're a goalie. That's going to happen, man. That's the NHL. You're taught Reality. to go to the net. And, and you know what? You, you want to fight, drop your gloves. All right? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Carey Price is a coward. But what he did was coward-like. And uh, you didn't see Tuka Rass do that. You, you saw him maintain his composure last night. As usual. Uh, and I thought, well, yeah. Well, there's been times in the past, Sully, where <laughs> yeah. that wasn't usual for Tuka Rass. You know, yeah, he's lost go, it go he's YouTube lost that. on teammates. Yes, he's lost it on teammates and on sticks and yeah. on other things. But last night... And was, milk crates. Yes, and last yeah, night go, he was... Go check out the milk crates. He was, he was the reason they, they were in that game last night, really. He's, he's the reason they were he in was. that game. He they was. Fed, they fed off his, uh, his game-preserving saves, and once again, Tuka Rass comes to the rescue uh, for the Boston Bruins and gets them a point. Uh... You know, we had Joe Haggerty on here. When was it? Monday, Sully? Yeah, and he, dropped the, show? he dropped the bomb. Yes. Well, he was, you know, he was saying he got a, he got a sense that maybe something was uh, hanging over Claude Julian's head or over the team's head in terms of uh, Claude's status as the head coach. And, of course, it's always been a tenuous status here in uh, Boston, thanks to uh, number eight, Cam Neely, the president, who has wanted him out since he became president of the Bruins. Um and, you know, you would think, considering where the Bruins are, if you looked at their roster, you looked at the, uh, the expectations coming into the season, and the fact that they, you know, they're, they're, in, they're in shooting distance. They're in, they're in range of getting a good playoff spot right now. Right now, a lot can change. But, you know, yeah, they're not scoring, but still, they, you know what? I'll take the, the all-out defense... For all the go- instead of all the goals they were giving up, and you would think that you know maybe Neely could just be happy for once with Claude, but it appears that Mr. Joe Haggerty was onto something, and I tweeted this earlier. 
Uh, I have a very, very, very inside source on this situation uh, telling me that Claude was basically notified that if they didn't come out of those two games with at least three points, he might be gone. And if they came back here and lost to Anaheim, he might be gone. I'm not saying he's out of the woods yet, but once again, Neely has tried his darndest to push Claude out the door, and once again, Claude has turned around and flipped him the bird. It, like, for anyone right now to not credit the job that Claude Julien has done, I just talked to four GMs after I found that out and I tweeted it. Two of them saw my tweets. They texted me immediately. Okay? And they all said, are you kidding me? We'd do anything for him right now. We would do... And he, th these are GMs that have coaches in place. Okay? Like, solidified coaches in place. Solid coaches. And they said, we'd do anything to have a coach like Claude Julien. And Cam has no idea what he's doing there. So, that's the way the rest of the league looks at it. So the next time, you know, for our listeners or fellow media here, you want to bash Claude Julien, you want to you wanna believe that narrative that comes out of uh, the, the broadcast station, the uh, flagship station for the Boston Bruins there in Boston on the FM dial there, think about that next time. Scroll. Think about that. Exactly. Exactly. It's You're lucky. Stupid. You're lucky to have Claude Julien. That's all I'll say. You, you know, do I agree with all the moves he does? No, no. I thought he. I thought it was really bad that he took Tim Schaller off the uh, the Krejci backs line there and split that up. I thought that line was was clicking. I really did, and I, I think Tim Schaller earned his spot. And just because you call a guy back up from the minors doesn't mean he should immediately take that spot away from Tim. And I'm not saying that because we like Tim, and he's a, he's a Nashua kid, and he's been on our show. I mean, that's great and all, but. I mean, facts are facts. You're in the spot. And I disagree with Claude on that. I, I also disagree that he, you know, he really seems to think that, that Zanano Chara, and maybe it's because he has no choice, but he seems to think that Zanano Chara can still be the Zanano Chara he was five years ago and, and, and gives him those minutes. You know what? I think it's time that the Bruins need to bite it. And if it means more turnovers, then so be it in the beginning. But it's time to just play those young kids more. I mean, you saw it last night. Charles throwing blind passes across the middle. One of them led to a goal. And, and it's got to stop. It's got to stop. You can't just play a guy based on the career he's had. You have to live in the now. And so here I am. Yes, I'm criticizing Claude Julien. But do I think Claude Julien should be fired right now? Because the team hasn't been scoring? I'll tell you what, they, they hung with the... Probably one of the most potent, if not the most potent offenses in the NHL last night. And they, they went toe-to-toe you know, toe -to -toe with them in terms of goals. Took them to overtime. I, I, I mean, I don't know what you want. I don't get it, Cam. I mean, you, you're going to run a team based on an agenda you have or you know, your personal feelings for the head coach? Well, good luck with that. We'll see, we'll see how well you do with that. And we'll see who, who has a job at the end of the year as well. And I'll tell you what. Cole Julian will find a job a lot faster if he gets canned than Cam Neely will if he gets canned. I can guarantee you that. So that's my thoughts on that topic. We'll ask Ty Anderson about that in a little more, a little more about the Bruins and look ahead to Bruins-Ducks here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Again, we are live from Buffalo Wild Wings. 
We've got great beer specials. 349 Bud Bud Light Talls, 499 Goose Island IPAs, 65 cent boneless wings. Trisha's working the bar again. She's great. You come up to the bar, tip her well. She's uh, she's one of the best here. So definitely say hello to her and come say hello to Pete, Terry, and I as we're sitting here right. If you're looking at the bar, we're right to the right of the bar. Come on by and say hi. And uh, since we are at Buffalo Wild Wings right now, we'll play their theme song here. Enjoy. We'll be back here on ESPN New Hampshire. Shake them traditional wings. Honey blazing, parmesan garlic. It's so many sauces, I don't know where to start at. Mild, wild, hot, medium, and chipotle. Spicy garlic mixed with ages ain't the best, but that's what I say. Honey wings on the rail, 150 in the grease. It's hot as hell in the kitchen, like 350 degrees in the Window, sometimes it gets tough, especially when you're waiting on more wings to come up. Representing B Dubs, I'm the king to be exact. Got a sampler walking in, a honey crispy, all flat. You can get sweet B or hot barbecue. Make sure you do the blazing challenge next time you come. Blazing challenge, wings at Buffalo. Drench the sauce from head to toe. Watch me pump that blazing sauce. Super soak them all. Now I need you. Shake them all his wings. Shake them traditional wings. It's the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Patriots are heading to the Mile High City for a big showdown with the Denver Broncos on Sunday at 425 p.m. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier, inviting you to join me and Coors Light for an afternoon of fun, prizes, and football at Billy's Sports Bar in Manchester. Billy's is the original sports bar in town with great food, tons of TVs, and ice-cold Coors Light for only two bucks during the game. Watch the Pats take on the Broncos with ESPN New Hampshire and Coors Light at Billy's Sports Bar next to Elliott Hospital in Manchester. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. Are you tired of that same old hairstyle? Do you find yourself pacing up and down the hair care aisle looking for that right look? Now is the time to let Fausto from Manchester give you that new look. Fausto will transform your look from the same old same to show-stopping in one visit. Call or text Fausto today at 603-674-7255. That's 603-674-7255. Call now before the holidays pass you by. 
If a disaster ever struck your home or business, would you know who to call? Make Peniel Environmental your first choice in disaster restoration. Peniel provides comprehensive fire, water, mold, and asbestos remediation services and are family-owned and operated. They clean up and restore every square inch of damage so that it's better than new once they are finished. Plus, Peniel works with all insurance companies and provides the industry's best warranty. For a free consultation, please call 885-317-8236 or visit PenielENV.com. QL1, this is Control, checking in to see how excited you are for launch. Over? Well, actually, Control, I'm kind of bored. I, I think you cut out, QL1. It sounded like you said you were bored. That's affirmative, Control. You're about to travel 17,000 miles per hour through Earth's atmosphere, and you're bored? It just doesn't sound that exciting after using Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I was able to get a completely online custom mortgage approval in minutes. All right, you cut out for sure this time. Did you say I can get a mortgage approval in minutes? That's right, Control. Minutes. Whether you're purchasing a new house or refinancing your existing home, Rocket Mortgage securely pulls your pay stubs and bank statements to build you a custom mortgage solution so you get exactly what you want. Wow, that is exciting. Yep, definitely better than months of dehydrated ice cream and powdered orange drink. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Visit for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gate video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Every Saturday morning from 4 to 6. Here's my thoughts to WBC, who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing. They like to, to promote their belt as the belt to have. And for the most part, a lot of fighters follow that thought process. I think Canelo Alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of the WBC. On the home for boxing fans, ESPN New Hampshire. From the frozen depths of winter to the scorching heat of summer, no matter the season, the best sports talk can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
Krejci able to lob it back in. Bounced around behind. And it is taken by Pasternak out in front. He scores! Pasternak! A virtually empty net as he backhands it in, and the game is tied again. It is trickled around in front. Scores! What a play by Evgeny Malkin to get this into an area. For Brian Rust on the backhand, short side, top shelf on Tuka Rask. Rust had a step on Ryan Spooner. Rolling puck, didn't try to handle it at all. It gets quick elevation. And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I am Jimmy Murphy, your host, Justin Sullivan, working the boards back in the station in Nashua. We are in Concord at the Buffalo Wild Wings 8 Loudon Road. Come on by and say hello. Beer specials, 349 Bud Bud Light, Talls, 499 Goose Island IPAs, and it is Boneless Thursday with 65 cent Boneless Wings here at Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, 8 Loudon Road. Ah, that song there coming in, well, if uh, you didn't know, uh, it, it's a big day in terms of uh, Mary Jane and marijuana in Massachusetts uh, became legal today. Uh, and as I tweeted earlier, and we'll continue on our theme of the last segment there, I think anyone that thinks Claude Julian should be fired right now might have got a head start on that legalization day. Uh, they might have already been doing that before it became legal. Uh, taking hits from the bong there because that, that, that has to be the only explanation. Your, your mind has to be clouded uh, with some whatever it is you're smoking. Uh, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. This team on paper has no business sniffing the position they're in. Has no business going into Montreal and winning an overtime with a zillion calls against you. Has no business going into Pittsburgh with a team on a roll, one of the hottest teams in the NHL, and taking a point out of it, taking them to overtime. A lot of that is coaching. I don't care what your agenda is. Try to be objective for once. A lot of that is coaching. And on to talk about that and plenty more Bruins talk. Look ahead to the Ducks game as well tonight. Here's our good friend, Ty Anderson from WEEI.com. Ty, how you doing? Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Well, it's, uh, it's a big day in Massachusetts, and apparently some Bruins fans are taking full advantage of it already, uh, <laughs> saying that Claude Julian should be fired. Yeah, I mean, those are the habitual users. They've been doing this long before just today. <laughs> uh, they, I, mean, that, that I think they got a little magic is, dust in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is straight up French Street Corner uh, before and after the game there. Uh, yeah, that's crazy talk to me. I mean, I, you, you look at this team, you look at last night, uh, you know, there's been a lot of sort of things working against this team, uh, whether it's health or schedule, things like that. And, you know, they're still managing to stay afloat here, the second place in the Atlantic. I mean, that alone is, is impressive enough to, you know, put any talk of firing this coach well, well to bed. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, now they might have another injury to deal with. Uh, Kevin Miller uh, takes an upper body injury last night. Uh, so that could be some problems for the, the blue line there. But, you know, you look the last two years, right? And this is the other thing I don't get. He, still throughout the last two years, he was still getting, you know, that stereotypical label on him that he's, he's all about defense and he's too stingy and he won't open it up. Well, actually, 
if you look at it and you re- and, and, and for you analytics crowd out there and you look at the stats and all that, they opened it up plenty. The problem was they also opened it up in their own end. And, and so I, I think what happened this year in the summer is, and I, and I think it's, it's worked pretty well overall, is that, you know, they said, all right, Chloe, we're going to go back to your style a little, and, and we want to tighten up in our own end for sure. So we want you to do that. We want a better two-way game. You know, we want a, more, a lot more Patrice Bergeron style out there. Um, but what's happened is, and I, I think it's only normal, Ty, is that, you know, when you see young kids go out like that and, and they're told you want to be a little more defensive, they almost go full out defense. It's like one extreme or the other with youngsters. And, and I think that's what we're seeing with the Bruins the last two years, and now it's going the other way where, you know, they're trying to find that happy medium. But in the end, like right now, the more defense that they're playing, the more success they're having. So that's why I don't understand the knock on Claude. And I, I said in the opening segment, you know, I had a, so- a very inside source tell me that Claude was given a little, a little hint from above that if they didn't have a successful week this week, there might be a big change, and he might be part of it. Uh, so, and, and that's probably coming straight from number eight. So I, I guess just your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have made sense. You know, you look at, I believe it was December of 2010, the year they won the Cup, obviously. They, they went through a sort of similar slump there where the team wasn't winning. It didn't look like they were all sort of on the same page. They had this brutal loss to the, actually it was the Anaheim Ducks, at home, and they got their heads kicked in. They didn't, it was, and I think, I, I think a lot of us actually wrote, hey, you know, maybe it's time for a coaching change. And sure enough, we're all wrong. They go on to win the Cup. I think, you know, history, history played itself out there, but... Uh, no, I, you look at where they were last week, three-game losing streak this week, you know, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Anaheim, L.A. I mean, you could have been talking about a seven-game losing streak. I mean, given the, even with the inconsistencies of the Ducks and, and you know, that, that's, a tough, that's a tough week for the team. So, to respond to what they have, I mean, that's been, that's been wonderful. And to your point uh, about the young kids, I think you've seen that with certain guys, you know, like, you haven't seen it with Pasternak because he's been here for three years and he really knows the system by now. But I think a guy like Danton Heinen, who has had a lot of production with Providence Bruins, you know, in 13 games, he's a point-per-game player. He comes up here and he's really a little bit gun-shy. It seems like, you know, and there's nothing against this, but he's more focused on making sure his, his compete level along the walls is better. He's in on the floor check. He's, he's getting his sticks and lanes there, things like that. He's making sure he's doing that to the point where he's sort of completely forgetting about the offensive side of the game, which is why he was brought up back in the first place. So I think to your point, it's absolutely true with certain guys. You know, Darnick has had his struggles here, but I don't think it's for a lack of trying on his end. But, you know, guys like Heinen, guys like Bleed, um, you know, you've seen them, they come up and really just seems like they're just defense, defense, defense. And, and right now the Bruins, unfortunately, they need a little bit more offense with this schedule. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, is, I wonder, because you mentioned there what happened uh, five years ago, and I remember that too. I had cited that. Joe Haggerty actually said he was starting, and I don't know if we're talking to the same people, but he said that he had felt that Claude, and you're, you're around Claude a lot more than me now, he had said that he felt heading into that Montreal game, uh, the days leading into that, he felt like Claude was very uptight and very short with you guys in, the, in your media scrums or your press conferences. Uh, it was getting a bit snippy, and usually when that happens – it means, you know, maybe he's, he's getting pressure from above, which is only natural. It's human nature. Um, I wonder, did you get that sense as well in the last week or so? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the scrums are about five minutes shorter than they, they normally are, and not a lot of smiles, not a lot of laughs, not a lot of jokes. You know, I mean, that that's a two-game grind. You're going to get sick of answering the same questions, especially when, you know, the same problems sort of present themselves in the sense that you're dominating the puck and you're controlling pace of play, but you're not scoring and you're losing. You know, so you can understand the frustration, if you will. But, but yeah, you can definitely tell that. I think the the you know, the party was over. The idea of winning every game two to one and one nothing is not feasible. You get season, and I think that was starting to sort of rear its head for the team. You know, he knows that his leaders. You know, from guys like Krejci, guys like Bergeron, even back to he's good, but he hasn't necessarily completely replaced the offensive production that you lost last year between, you know, between Erickson and Stempniak and everyone else you brought in last year or the year before that, for that matter. So I, I do think there was a little bit of a, uh, you know, the, the, the collar was a little bit tighter and the, the answers were a little shorter. You know, that's sort of how it trickled out. And, you know, maybe it changes now, but I, I think it still sort of has that demeanor where it's very businesslike. They know they're not out of the woods yet. They know that, you know, they can be right back in the same situation if they lose these next two home games, these next two or three home games. So yep. it's still not loose, but it's a little bit, you know, you're breathing a little bit easier this morning than you were heading into Monday, that's for sure. And isn't that the way, I mean, every single time it seems like the end for Claude Julian, his team rallies around him and, and they and they go out and they, they you know, I'm not going to call it last night a win, but they get a big point and they, they went out and they got a win in Montreal. It, that to me, if I'm Cam Neely, I, I'd put my personal differences aside and be like, well, you know what, I mean... If I needed answers that the team's still listening, they're still listening. He's still getting through to them. And it's not just him. It's his whole staff. And I, I think it's a collective effort there. And I think that, he, you know, I heard him talking on 98.5 The Sports Hub on the pregame show last night. He was discussing, too, how much more as, you know, as he gets older and a lot of his players are now so many generations away from him. Uh, he utilizes his team. He utilizes the leaders on his team, whether it be a Bergeron or, or a Chara or or Brad Marchand, or who, who have you, or Tori Krug. He utilizes them as conduits to, to the players. And, and that's, that's coaching to me. And so I, don't, I just don't think that should be the conversation we're having right now. The conversation we should be having right now is what do we need to do to go out and get some scoring? What do we need to go out? And again, there's a conversation we've had before, Ty. What do we need to do to get that defenseman who's going to push the puck ice push the puck up ice better and log a lot of minutes to alleviate what Zanano Char is going through. And I don't know. I mean, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Is there something they can do? Is there someone they can offer to do that? See, that's tough because, you know, I think you're, you, you have a lot of prospects here that are making strides. And, and when we look at teams that win cups, I mean, you do need a mix of veterans, stars, and young talent because the salary cap in this league is so tight. So structured, you can't you can't hide payments. You know, it's not like the NFL where you can just we can just bury a contract or you know have a guy take a huge pay cut. I mean, contracts are what they are, and you know, movement in this league seems like it's been pretty difficult to accomplish this year because of that. If the contracts come in, a contract has to go out. That's usually how this has been trickling down for whatever reason. You know, these past few seasons, and I don't know if there's a guy out there that's that you know a perfect. I mean, you look at a team like Colorado. Theoretically, they should be selling off some pieces and really doing a hard reset here, but do you have the NHL pieces to acquire a guy like Gabriel Landeskog? Do you have the pieces to acquire Tyson Berry? You know, I, I really don't think so. And I don't, I, 
and the pieces that you do have, I'm not sure if you necessarily want to move them and or That's it right Colorado there. necessarily wants them. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. They have them. You just don't want to move them. And yeah. I agree with you. That, and that's, that goes to the bigger picture, and this has nothing to do with Claude Julian. This has to do with Cam Neely, Don Sweeney, and even as far up the ladder as Charlie and Jeremy Jacobs, where they have to accept the realities of what you just laid out there. This is a, 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 a and it, it baffles me that the guy, the owner, who basically was the architect of this cap world that we're in now, can't accept that reality. That he still sees it as more important to just get one playoff round in, just get one playoff game in, just to make a little extra money at the gate, than the big picture where, you know what, all right, maybe we'll bite it for two to four years here. And and look at the look at these. You mentioned these guys coming up the pipeline here. They've got plenty. I mean, Pierre Maguire was raving about it again last night in, in between plays. And he's absolutely right. And I've got no issues with it, and I don't think you do, and I don't think a lot of the media that covers them would, would criticize them or knock them if they were patient here and, and sucked it up a bit and waited till these guys were ready. And I don't think the real fans would, would do that. They need to stop listening to the pink hat you know, radio hosts around here that don't know the game of hockey or the salary cap world of hockey. And, you know, I, I like what you say there. I completely agree with you. I'm glad to hear uh, at least another media member understanding the reality of the cap world we're in. And that's the way it is right now. And that's what the Bruins are going to have to do. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, am I off here? You agree with me? No, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, people so get this misconception here that the, this is the NBA where you can trade up a junk and get a superstar like Kevin Garnett. So that, that's, not, that's not how this league works. You just can't do it. And I think that's, you know, you talk to people, you, you talk to fans that want to, to facilitate a trade, and, and their first, their first thing is try to look trade Spooners and Boral and Fruit. It's like, that's not going to get you with McDavid. That's not going to do that. No. Like it, it's, it's nice to think like that, but that's not how this league works. DMs are too smart. There's too much scouting. There's too much video. There's too much analysis yeah. to really fool a team anymore. I mean, the last team that got fooled was probably the Boston Bruins. He said big and for four spare parts. So teams in DMs, they don't want to do that anymore. I mean, they don't want to be that guy that got had, especially by, you know, new DMs, old DMs, whatever it is. Everyone in this league is way too savvy now. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, hey! Before we let you go, listen. You got you got to do me a favor, and I love him. He's a great he's a great guy. Tell DJ Bean give up the whole Erickson versus backs war. <laughs> Both sides. Let's just move on. Yeah. I, don't, I, know, I don't care. Never, you know, like never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just hell bent on not letting that go there. You know, but yeah. uh, hey, you mentioned earlier, and I don't know, Sully, if as I say this, you can uh, you can ring up the clip there. Uh, you mentioned how the. Uh, the, the press conferences are getting shorter, and the answers are a little snippy. Uh, well, at least you're not dealing with Tom Rowe right now, right? Oh, what did Tom Rowe do? I missed this. Uh, Sully, do we have that sound bite? Tom Roberto's had a lousy history in this building. Do you say anything to him after a game like this? Yeah, that's a ridiculous question, to be honest with you. Okay, so <laughs> enough. I'm not going to answer that. He's a great goaltender, one of the best in the world. So he's been unbelievable for us. I'm not insinuating any of this was. Well, that was, that was a stupid question. <laughs> he was yeah. the reporter, and it's a valid question. Yeah, he was. It was a valid question. He's just saying, hey, he doesn't have a good record in this building. I mean, you know, what do you have to say about that? And that's it. He doesn't. It's just like when he comes to TD Garden, he can't win. So it's valid. Yeah. But I get, you know, the Panthers are frustrated right now. Hey, speaking of the Panthers, do you not think if Cole Julian was shown the door here in the next week or so, or two weeks? I don't think Tom Rowe is going to be the interim coach in Florida anymore. I'll tell you that. 
No, exactly. There's a lot of teams that probably fire their their regular coach right now and bring close. Yep, exactly. Well, listen, hey, Ty, keep doing a great job there at WEI.com. We appreciate you coming on, my friend. And uh, if you're ever in the Concord area, come by the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings here, uh, 8 Loudon Road. It, 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 it's awesome service and uh, great food. So, Awesome. We'll do. Got to love those, uh, the hot wings, the hot ones. All right, the hot ones. I'm on the Parmesan garlic, and I'm going Chipotle barbecue right now, so maybe I'll try that there after. Hey, listen, That's buddy, enjoy too. the game tonight. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That is All right, that's Ty Anderson at WEEI.com joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Next segment, we're going to switch gears to football. As we do every week at this time, Mario Magola, Sportfolio.com, joins us to give us his take on the poop fest that is Thursday night football tonight and make some other NFL picks. So stay with us. We'll be back here live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, New Hampshire. Poop Fest. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN, New Hampshire. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. Now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just, and What's this guy, wrong with you? Yeah, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns residents in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Ooh, three states, come on. Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is a place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now has a brand new store in Nashua on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. Should you worry about identity theft during the tax season? The answer is yes. The IRS reported over $6 billion in fraudulent refunds in a single year just due to identity theft. Does it matter if you're not getting a refund this year? No, it doesn't because thieves can use the information from your tax documents to commit crimes. They can drain your bank account, open fraudulent credit card accounts. They can do it well after the tax season ends. Maybe you think you're okay because you have free credit monitoring. Free credit monitoring might tell you there's a problem. 
but they don't help you solve that identity theft problem. LifeLock will. As a LifeLock member, if you're a victim of ID tax fraud, the U.S.-based team of specialists know how to step up, make the calls to help resolve identity theft now. Get peace of mind with LifeLock. Membership start at just $9.99 a month, plus applicable taxes. Enrollment only takes a minute. Call 1-800-877-0544 or go to LifeLock.com now and use the promo code PATRICK. That's PATRICK to save 10% on your membership. 800-877-0544. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic a shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jacobs. Three for the win. It's good. It's the three to Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA champions! We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at ESPN New Hampshire, and follow our Twitter at ESPN NH Today. Poop fest. Poop fest. Poop fest. This is terrible. And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. It is not a poop fest here at Buffalo Wild Wings. It is a uh, a food fest, a feast. The wings have arrived at our table, and Pete Terrier and I are two happy men right now. You know, we're like a pig in a poop fest, I'll tell you that. But uh, speaking of poop fest, uh, this is the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire, and it is time to talk about the poop fest that is Thursday Night Football and a few other games with our good man, Mario Magola from Sportfolio.com. Mr. Magola, how are you? I'm doing well, although I would say... Probably, probably better remixes I could have gotten there, but if we're going to change the song around, at least, at least it speaks well to what we're going to say tonight. So, yeah, yeah. And and the funny thing is, I don't know if you remember this. Last week we actually peaked ahead because we were so excited about Chiefs and Raiders, and I, I say that not sarcastically for once. That we said, hey, maybe maybe we can get two good Thursday games. And I had said at the time, I completely forgot who was playing this Thursday, and now I know why I forgot. <laughs> this is one of the most forgettable games you're going to get. And at least there's one side that has something exciting in it, and that's that we'll see the NFC West clinch tonight. So th- there's a little bit of a, a little bit of incentive for one team and an incentive to watch. But yeah, we, we but need to. We that's need to get about past, it. Right, exactly. We need to get past any any threat of a loss or anything. There is. I'm never one to say there's no way a team's going to lose. There's no way the Seattle Seahawks are going to lose tonight at home. Most importantly, they've lost three straight games to the Rams. Despite the Rams being bad for three straight games against them, the Rams have beaten them three times in a row. And we always talk about revenge mm-hmm. games and, and you know reverting to the mean, everything you want to say. The Seahawks were already going to win this game prior to Monday's news. Monday hits, and Jeff Fisher's fired. So the only chance the Rams had of pulling off anything fancy and sneaky goes out the window. They hand the job over on a short week, by the way, to the special teams coach. <laughs> just, just as the laughing stock that the Rams have been, do you know how the, how the last game started for the Rams? They fumbled the opening kickoff. That's the special yeah. teams right there. That guy gets promoted to be mm-hmm. the head coach. Like, 
I mean, you and I should be applying at this point. This, this, this is yeah. It's like, what are we doing wrong? You know, exactly, man. So the special but, team uh, coach slides in. He's got to go to Seattle and take on a Seahawks team that was just embarrassed. So again, I never <laughs> say there's no way a team will lose. There's no way a team's going to lose tonight. There's no way Seattle loses. But okay, they may not lose, but right. let's look they, at it through Vegas's eyes. Exactly. But do they cover? So this is a, this is a numbers game, specifically this game. You have to figure. Mm-hmm. Rams will score. They're not going to get shut out, despite how bad their offense is, how good Seattle's defense is. They'll score. So the question is, will the Seahawks score 30? Because that's probably what it's going to take in order to get it done. But good news for Seattle, they've scored 30 points four times. All of them were at home. And if you don't want to give them 30 points, if you want to say that Los Angeles' defense is good enough to hold them down a little bit, they've scored at least 26 points seven times. They have not scored fewer than 26 points at home since opening day. So... Hand, hand the Seahawks 26. You're basically going to ask now, will the Rams reach 10? I don't need to give you the numbers. Their offense is horrible. They're four games with Jared Goff, 10 points, 21 points, 10 points, 14 points. And that 21-point explosion, that we'll call it, came against a horrible, horrible Saints defense. So in every other game, they're terrible. They were clearly terrible last week. But what I like the best, and I'm going to say this with fear, because I really don't like giving this many points to any team, let alone a division team, but this would be the week to do it. The Seahawks do not give up late scores. And we always talk about a team that could sneak mm. in with a field goal or a touchdown late. In the last, since Halloween, okay, which is six games, the Seahawks have allowed yep. five total second-half touchdowns. That's okay. outrageous. They, they do not give up late scores. So you take into the combination... You have the long overdue revenge game, three straight losses. Seattle was abused without Earl Thomas last week. The Rams cannot do that to them. It, it's, I would be stunned if this game is close, but I do think it's going to be a nail-biter against the spread. Right now it's like I've seen 15 to 16 points, so we'll call it 16. Uh, I'm seeing it right now at 15 and a half. Yeah, which is... I, and and the money line, you ready for this? Oh my if God, you no. want to win $100 on this game and you took the Seahawks... You'd have to bet sixteen hundred dollars right. right now. I, I'm so glad you brought it up because I was going to, I, and I very rarely. Who the hell rarely would do that? that? You, you can't. And the truth is, there's no value in picking the Seahawks to win tonight. You're you're actually yeah. asking to lose because you you have to put so much on the line. It's just not worth it. And no. vice versa, it's so enticing to take the Rams to win that you're almost throwing away money there too. So personally, you stay away from yeah. the game altogether. But if you had to, if you're if you're in something that requires you to pick every game. I'm very slightly leaning towards Seattle, only because yeah. it's a statement all around, even though that number is bad. So Seattle... Well, I, I, I hate teases. I hate teases, Mario, because they call it a tease for a right. reason. But this could be one of those games where you, you do a six-point teaser, you go down to nine, Seattle minus nine, you tease the over-under from 39 up to 45 and go under. That the could only, be a good the one only right thing there. there. If you do that, you'd have to hope that that game stays right, right around the score I gave you, basically in that twenty-six range. Twenty-six. That, that's what I'm range. thinking. Yeah. yeah. If you yep. get that, then, then you're happy. But that that does. Or, or it could be it could be like you know I I think you're right. You mentioned Seattle's emotions coming in. They're ticked off, and, and right. they're gonna want they're gonna just want to unload right now. And if Richard Sherman's gonna want to unload. Poop. If the Rams don't reach double digits. <laughs> they're not covering this game. So. That's, that's what it's going to come down to. So I'm in with Seattle, yeah. not comfortably, but as comfortably as I could be given that many points. All right, let's move ahead uh, to the rest of the week here. Let's go skip over this uh, the garbage game on Saturday, too. Yeah. Uh, the Packers are at the Bears, and I completely agree with what you emailed me. 
This is a prototypical trap against the spread, and the Bears are playing much better. Totally, totally in agreement right now. The Packers are on a roll. This game could sneak right up on them. My, by far my favorite game of the week, which could, mm-hmm. could be a recipe for disaster to be that excited about anything, but it's, it's for that exact reason. I can't find somebody that would look at this game and actually and, and really dive deep into it because the Packers are that team that changes perception with the win. They win a few mm-hmm. games in a row, everyone loves them. They lose a few games in a row, everyone's off their bandwagon. So what do they do? They win a few games in a row, they destroy Seattle, and all of a sudden they six and a half points to people. It's nothing. Throw it away. It's that, that means nothing. So yeah, for starters, they're, they're taking the Packers at face value, which is always dangerous. And most importantly, in Chicago, they're just giving up on the Bears. They're assuming this is a, a team that doesn't care anymore, which actually could not be further farther from the truth. In their last three games, the Bears, they lost to the Titans, who's a good team, by dropping a touchdown pass in the end zone with like 40 seconds left. That would have won the game. They beat San Francisco, no one cares about that, but it still win. They lost to the Lions, and they were leading late into the fourth quarter. So they actually could have been 3-0 and in their last three games with Matt Barkley under center. They are playing much better. Barkley has actually like revitalized the offense, and this is what I, I, I actually had to look it up because it was so underreported. Alshon Jeffrey's coming back for Chicago. He's got three mm-hmm. games left in his contract. So mm-hmm. for fantasy players, be starting out Alshon Jeffrey on Sunday. And this is, this is now a weapon for Barkley, who's played well without him. I, I don't think the Bears win. I would not be shocked. I would be less shocked if the Bears won than if the Rams competed tonight, let's put it that way. But I, I think the Packers yep. still actually pull out the win. I love the spread. It's six and a half, I think, is what I'm looking at right now. Anywhere from five and a half up, I'm taking the Bears, and I'm very happy with it. I'm with you on that, my man. I, I definitely agree with that. Things have just been going too good for the Packers, and I could exactly. see them sneaking up there. Uh, we got two more we want to look at here. Uh, the Titans are at the Chiefs. This is going to be a great one, I think. Uh, I love this game. Hopefully can find a place to watch it. Maybe a Buffalo Wild Wings close to me. Um, this is a game, I think, you, you know, you look at the Chiefs, one of these teams that isn't getting, they got a little more last week, but still, they just don't seem to be getting the respect. They're, like I said once before, they're the Rodney Dangerfields of the NFL right now. Uh, and then you got the, the team that everyone's starting to jump on their bandwagon a bit, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Uh, what do you think on this one? Well, you're right to say the Chiefs haven't gotten respect, and that's why it was so, so great that we were able to talk about it last week, and it leads right into this week. We loved the Chiefs last week mainly because they had the chance to take the division from Oakland, and they did it. They did not fail. So there is very little, and I, by the way, I do like Tennessee. I think they are a team on the rise. But there is very little that makes me believe that Kansas City now, with a stranglehold on the division, and I think they do play the Raiders coming up. Oh, no, no, they play uh, Denver coming up. So Denver, yep. Division game. Christmas Day. Right. So it's right there yep. where they could conceivably slip. I don't see Kansas City dropping it at home with that division lead in, again, insanely freezing temperatures. We're talking single digits on Sunday. So the reason you like this game, I would assume it's the same reason I like it. We should see a really good slugfest. However, yeah. Kansas City is getting a little too much respect finally. They're giving five points to a, to a Tennessee team that's not bad at all. They're tied for first in the division. And what I love, mm. they run the ball so well. Second most rushing attempts in the league, third most yards. And the Chiefs are actually, it's crazy to use this word, terrible against the run. They have allowed 99 rushing yards in eight straight games. 
and in yeah. the same time, they're just... seven and one. So the Chiefs actually don't care. They don't care that they give up rushing yards. But that's how Tennessee wins games. That's how Tennessee stays in games, and that's how they that's how they beat a five point spread. So Chiefs yeah. win at home. They t- the Titans keep it close, mainly because it plays right into their strength on a cold day. I'm with you, buddy. I like that. And then, of course, the one that everyone's talking about here. The Patriots go into their house of horrors in Mile High uh, to face the Denver Broncos where they lost twice last year. Tom Brady in his career has been brutal in Denver. Only one win since he started as a starting quarterback in the NFL in Denver. One win in Denver. No matter what the records are, you throw it out the door when these two meet there because anything can happen. What's your take on this one? I'll start off right away by saying I hate the number. I hate the minus three, minus two and a half, minus three and a half, whatever you've seen. It screams. Yep. It screams for a trap for, for New England. Oh, yeah. But you just brought up exactly the same reason why, I, why I, I find that there's no doubt Seattle will beat the Rams tonight. Patriots have lost three games in a row in Denver, and three of their mm-hmm. last four against Denver or wherever. So they won the one time at home. They yep. are so much better than the Broncos. And in those games, Brock Osweiler is starting, a fading Peyton Manning is starting, and you're going to tell me that, that the trifecta of that would be Trevor Simeon beating the Patriots? I don't see it. I don't see it in any way, but I don't like that number. It, it, it screams for some sort of regression, some sort of um, very hard-fought game. But we saw the same thing with New England last week. We saw them play a Baltimore team that many believe had the shot to take them down, and honestly, that game was never close. New England gave it back to Baltimore just to make it competitive, but it, it never really was. So you have the, a Patriots team with the best point differential in the league, one of two teams, the other one is the Cardinals, that are top ten in both offensive and defensive yards. They're top five in offensive and defensive points. They are, by every metric, the best team in the league, the New England Patriots. I get why the number's small, because it is a potential trap. It is a dangerous game. But we are now mid-December, and you're going to give me straight up either Trevor Simeon if he's healthy or Paxton Lynch versus Tom Brady and I really, honestly, I really don't care about the defenses. New England's defense is very good so New England's offense versus Denver's defense does not scare me. I do think the Patriots win is running away and I think it's the second half of a message that was delivered last week. That was, you think Baltimore could beat us? Not so fast. You think Denver could beat us? Yeah. Not so fast. They are the team in the AFC and I'm still waiting for someone to challenge them. I haven't seen it yet. I'm with you, my friend. I, I think that was definitely a statement from Brady last week. And, uh, well, hopefully for Patriots fans, he can do it again out there and, and put the ghost to rest in Denver. Mario, always a pleasure, my friend. We appreciate you taking the time. May the winners be yours, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. That is Mario Magola joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. In our next segment, it's time for Sully and I to make our picks. Sully, you better be ready. The old man's coming, buddy. We will be back here from Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, New Hampshire. Stay with us. I was born lonely.